Hello, friends, and welcome to Something to Talk About, a podcast where different women come together to talk about the Word of God and the various ways it applies to our lives. I'm Amber Barrett, and joining me and Vanessa today is Casey Larson. Casey, we're very glad to have you sitting at the table with us today. I'm glad to be here. Good. Uh, Mary Battle was going to be joining us today, but she has delivered her two twin babies, Sylvia and Silas, early. Yay! Yay, yay. Yay, Mary. And uh, so she's a little bit busy. Just a little bit, right? Man, excuses. <laughs> excuses. <laughs> excuses. I to be on this podcast. I'll tell you what. I don't know about having twins. I, I don't know about that. Well, we're going to start our podcast this morning the way we do every time with our first things first segment. So I'm going to ask you a first things first question. And then, Casey, you're going to give us also just a brief little introduction to yourself. And we're all going to answer the first things first question, but I'm going to make you go first. Okay. So the question is, when was the first time you flew on an airplane and where were you going? Wow. Okay. So let's see. Um, to answer the question, the first time that I flew in an airplane was my middle school field trip to West, to Washington, D.C. Um, I remember being really excited to be flying for the first time, but I don't really remember much about the flight at all. But what I do remember is my Uncle Randy and my cousin David scaring me and teasing me mercilessly about how your ears pop and how <laughs> it's going to be so painful and it's just going to hurt. And middle school me was understandably very anxious about this. But I remember that my mom, who she's seriously the most prepared person <laughs> on the planet in every situation, um, she's that mom like Mary Poppins that has that purse that yeah. anything you need is in there. Well, that's my mom. And she came home with at least 10 packs of bubblicious grape <laughs> bubble gum <laughs> that I took on the plane and I shared with all of the kids around me. And that's pretty much all I remember about that flight. But I still think about that trip every time I smell grape bubble gum. <laughs> I bet you do. 10 yes. packs with a bunch of middle schoolers all yes. chomping it on an airplane, close quarters. That is funny. Oh, I love that. And so I'm Casey Larson. Um, I'm married to my husband, who's amazing. We've been married almost 20 years, and we have a little girl. She's our miracle daughter. Her name's Libby May. She just turned seven years old a few weeks ago, and she's in first grade. And she's just such an incredible mm -hmm. blessing to us and our family. Um, in terms of hobbies, I feel like as a family, we love traveling and spending every possible moment that we can together. So I guess you could say that we really like each other, which is a good thing, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> a really good thing. Yeah. Um, so Libby May also said that I needed to include that we love having impromptu dance parties at breakfast, as well as lots <laughs> of hugs important. and snuggles. So Libby May, I said that for you, baby. <laughs> and um, But personally, I love cooking and baking and reading and just volunteering at Libby May School whenever I can. Hmm. And what's your husband's name? Uh, Jonathan. I'm sorry. Very Jonathan. Good. Yes. Very good. Okay. I think my first flight would have been more enjoyable had I had some grape Hubba Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> Bubblicious Hubba Bubba. Bubblicious. Yeah, Bubba. I'm, I'm pretty sure it would have been more pleasant had I had that uh, nice treat. Um, I think my first flight was probably when I was 19. I'm really struggling to remember exactly when that was, but we didn't fly as, as children. My, we were always the get in the car and drive mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. um, so I would have been, I guess, 19. So that would have been after I moved to St. Louis. And I probably was flying hmm. back to Arkansas. Hmm. So not not a very exciting flight, but yeah, been just driving, I mean, flying back home. Flying home. Yep. That's always yeah. a good thing. 
All right, so I'm thinking I didn't drive. I mean, I did not fly a lot as a child either. And when you say that you drove a lot, I want to be like, so where's the furthest place you drove? Because I bet it, mine was further. Oh, <laughs> where's I'm the sure. furthest place you drove, Vanessa? I, I'm sure yours was further. I mean, but probably Chicago from okay. Arkansas. So yeah. that was like a what twelve hour trip? Yeah, yes. yeah, that's far. That's far. All right, but I'm going to one up you on this one because it sort <laughs> of ties. Of course, ta- you are, of course Amber. I am because I can't help myself. Uh, it sort of ties into my flight story, anyways. We used to drive from Upland, Indiana, a little tiny town, down to Fort Myers Beach, Florida. It is a pretty much a straight 24 hour flight, and my I mean 24 hour drive. And my dad would get us up at 2 a.m. and we would get into the car and we'd have all these beds made, like on the floorboard. We would stuff the floorboard so you could lay flat. And we would, he would start driving at 2 a.m. And he would drive till 2 a.m. the next day. And, then, I mean, of course, we'd stop to wow. eat and go to the bathroom and that kind of wow. thing. But he was an amazing driver. And he drove a lot of bus trips up to Washington, D.C. for middle school trips. Oh, wow. And I think it's so cool that your middle school group, <laughs> middle school group flew. I mean, that's that's that is that's neat. going with the class. Oh, yes. Right. So, yeah, yeah. We well, we were disappointed, that. though, because all of the other classes before us had these great stories about riding on the bus. And yeah. we just had a quick flight. So mm-hmm. I think we were disappointed, which the adults were just thrilled. Completely, yeah, yeah. They did not understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, the first time I flew, though, was from Indiana to Fort Myers Beach, Florida, and I was amazed at how much quicker it went, and I felt very independent and very big. I think I was probably a sophomore or junior in high school, so I remember thinking, this is the way to go. But I do think, Vanessa, flying home, if you've got a sweet home to go to, if you've got a safe place with people who love you, flying home is a good thing. Yeah, flying home would have been a very good thing because in St. Louis at that point, I would have lived by myself and I didn't know anybody. So flying home would have been an excellent thing, actually. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think in Joshua, part of of what we're seeing all the way through Joshua is a people coming home uh, to Mm -hmm. a place that a loving God has prepared for them. And we have seen all through Joshua that this God has kept his promises to bring them into this home and to give them rest and to give them safety. And so when we ended chapter 19 last week, we saw that the people had come home, that they had received their portion of their inheritance. And now the Lord is going to settle them into the land that he's given them. And today we're going to focus on chapter 21, verses 43 through 45. And I'm going to go ahead and read those to you. It says, thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to give to their fathers, and they took possession of it, and they settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Not one word of all the Lord's good promises that he had made to the house of Israel failed. All came to pass. And I know that we talked a little bit last week about the promises of God and how faithful he is to them, but we wanted to stay there again this week and hear from Casey, who has a very particular and important and beautiful testimony to share with us about what the Lord's good promises look like in her life. Casey, would you go ahead and begin? This is just a great opportunity, and I'm I'm going to try to get through this without crying. There are no extra Um, points for without crying. (laughs) That's right. We have Kleenexes, Casey. Yes, thank you. I guess I should start by saying that almost four years ago, I was diagnosed with an incredibly rare stage four cancer. Um, It's primary lung with metastasis to my liver, pancreas, small bowel, and appendix. 
So I've had mm. many surgeries, mm. um, treatments, experimental treatments, and just countless procedures, including the removal of most of my right lung. And that's why when you see me, I wear oxygen okay. uh, a good bit of the time and just to compensate for that loss. Mm. Um, it is an incurable cancer. It's terminal. And I'm still in a battle for my life each and every day. But because of this, it just makes every day a gift. Mm. Um, so at diagnosis, the physicians deemed my prognosis as stage four terminal, and they gave me about 18 months at the time. We were just in shock, mm. uh, to say the least. <laughs> I mean, we here we had, we had just had our, our daughter who, she was three at the time. She's our miracle baby. We had lost four babies before her. And also to backtrack a little bit, a little over a month before we got married, my husband lost his mom to metastatic breast cancer after he had moved home from college for a few years to care for her. And that's really when I fell in love with him as I watched him mm. care for her mm, with such devotion and dedication. I remember promising her as she was dying that I would take care of him just as he had mm. cared so diligently for her. Mm. And this was actually my first thought when I was sitting there in front of the doctors with my diagnosis was that he's going to have to care for me, my selfless husband, just as he did for his mom. And that was pretty much the hardest thing mm -hmm. for me at the time of diagnosis was just that realization that he'd already been through this before and he was about to have to go through it again. But in the midst of all of this, I had... Just this overwhelming peace that could only come from the Lord. I mean, he showed us even in the earliest days that he was sovereign and that he was working all things together for our good. So I just dug deeper and deeper into the word, meditating on scriptures regarding joy, suffering, faith. Um, I wrote down all the big and little ways that we could see God working and moving in our lives. And there were so many. Just the perspective and the fact that because of everything we were going through in the midst of this, it made it more evident mm -hmm. the way that he was working and moving. And at this point, I thought I had a great relationship with the Lord. You know, I was in the word. My prayer life was already important to me, but it wasn't until I realized that I was about to see my father face to face mm -hmm. that I realized that it wasn't enough. I just, I wanted so much more. I wanted as close a relationship as possible and I realized at this point that I had just come to the end of myself. Mm. I was what I affectionately call a recovering perfectionist, mm. um, very black and white. Um, and I just already struggled with the sin of self-reliance. So realizing that I had come to the end of myself and now I had to completely surrender trust and submit myself to his sovereignty was difficult for me. It really was. It was difficult at first, but then the freedom and the peace that came from the surrender at that point was just indescribable. Mm -hmm. And I'm not willing to give that up. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite books has always been The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. Mm -hmm. And if you've spent more than a few minutes with me, mm -hmm. um, I know both of you have have heard me share this before. I've probably already shared the story with, with many of you as well. It's a good story. It's worth sharing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I just keep feeling a prompting from the Holy Spirit during this time of diagnosis to reread this book. 
So I get it. I reread it. And for anyone that isn't familiar with this book, Corey and her family were Dutch Christians that were hiding Jews in their home to protect them from the Nazis. They were caught and Corey and her sister Betsy were then sent to a concentration camp. But providentially, they were able to smuggle a small Bible into the camp, even though the conditions were just horrible. Um, already their barracks had a severe infestation of biting fleas and it kept the women from sleeping at night. It made them sick. So in the middle of the night, they would hold Bible studies. The amazing thing is that many of the Jewish women came to faith in Christ through these Bible studies in the middle of the night. And then there's a part of the book where Corey and Betsy were praying and thanking the Lord for all things. And Corey was thanking God for everything but she adamantly refused to thank God for those terrible biting fleas. Even under the admonishment of her faithful sister, Betsy, she just refused to thank God for the fleas. But she finally gave in. And I feel like it was it was maybe to get Betsy off of her back a little bit. I feel like in my head I can hear her saying, uh, thank you, God, for the fleas. Like, just let's move along here. Um But she reluctantly thanked God for the fleas. And then several weeks later, the women in the barracks discovered why no one in their particular barracks were ever beaten, assaulted, or murdered in the middle of the night like in some of the other barracks. When a guard told one of the women that none of the guards would dare enter their barracks due to the horrible biting flea infestation. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, God used the fleas for his purpose and his glory. And the women came to know Christ because of the fleas. How many people in the modern church would say and have even said to me, you know, pray the fleas away or rebuke the fleas in the name of Jesus. Mm. You know, the fleas are from the enemy. Mm-hmm. Yet the annoying fleas were used in God's plan of salvation for countless women and to build the faith of the others mm. through the uninterrupted Bible studies in the middle of the night. Mm. This testimony of Thanksgiving just completely broke me mm. when I read this. And this was just a turning point in, in my journey after diagnosis. Just again, just the realization that it's not about me. I remember being on my face before the Lord and just telling him that if cancer is my fleas, Mm -hmm. even though I don't understand, I will thank him. I will thank him for the fleas. And now uh, this is something that I say every single day. Mm. It's on my mirror. I say, thank you, Lord, for the fleas. Wow. (laughs) That's incredible. So I know that... I also tell him, Lord, that I will be thankful in all things because, Lord, you're sovereign. Your ways are not my ways. And he promises us that he goes with us and that he'll never leave us or forsake us in Deuteronomy 31, 6 through 8. And here we are studying Joshua. And my name is Casey. It means courageous. And my name verse that's been cross-stitched on my wall since I was a little baby is Joshua 1, 9. But 2 Corinthians 12 nine says that his grace is sufficient for me. His power is made perfect in weakness. And therefore I will gladly boast of my weakness. So the power of Christ may rest upon me. First Peter four thirteen says to rejoice that you share in the suffering of Christ so that you may be overjoyed at the revelation of his glory. So I know that through the perfect work of the cross through Jesus Christ and by his stripes, I'm healed and whole. 
I know that. I know that that work was done on the cross and I fully believe and trust that I'm healed and whole. Will I see that on this side of heaven? You know, I don't know. But again, his ways are not my ways. I know that miracles happen every day. Healings happen every day. I've personally seen them. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that the Lord still heals. Mm -hmm. I also remember Paul speaking of his thorn or his affliction and God did not remove it. So some days I just, I'm here and I'm, I'm so sick that I just can't get off the bathroom floor. And I think, will I die this soon? Am I going to make it to my next birthday? Will I get to see my daughter grow up? And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that I'm already a miracle. Mm-hmm. And that each day I have is a gift and another opportunity to testify to his goodness and to the work of the cross. I will say that I would not trade the relationship that I have with the Lord now and the continuous work of sanctification that he's doing in my life for where I was before cancer. Mm-hmm. Facing your own mortality has an amazing way of revealing the dark corners and crevices of your heart and sin. And this trial is such an opportunity for the Lord to do a work of purification in my life. And I'm so thankful for that. Mm-hmm. I realized that while I trust the Lord with my own life and death, And I trust him that my wonderful husband will be okay. I am grappling with the fact that I'm struggling to trust him with my daughter. And how will losing mommy impact or affect her? Because she needs her mama. And my mom, who's experienced so much devastating loss in her life, will her faith recover from losing her only living child? And these are the ways that, these are just a few of the things that I struggle with and the ways that I still see God working in that sanctification process. So goodness, it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. But I'm thankful for the opportunity for the Lord to continue his work of sanctification because the process of sanctification is orchestrated and carried out by the God of peace. Mm-hmm. And it is truly a peace beyond understanding. But I have blessed assurance that he's with me and I pray daily to the Lord that he will never be able to say of me, that I withheld anything from him. So many times people talk of giving their testimonies and they quote Revelation twelve eleven, saying that we overcome the enemy with the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. Mm-hmm. And then they give their testimony, mm-hmm. but they leave out the last part of the verse, which is equally important. We overcome the enemy with the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, and loving not our lives unto death. This is the perspective that cancer has forced me to confront in my own life. But with grace and mercy, the Lord's graciously used it to change my heart and my perspective, to see the joy and the honor and the true gift that suffering affords. And I'll continue to testify of his faithfulness and to the finished work of the cross. And I will thank him for the fleas. Mm. Mm. Oh, wow. Casey, I've not been in your presence and heard your story and not been just so deeply encouraged, deeply in awe of how the Lord is working in your heart and in your story, um, even in causing you to see all of the good and to celebrate what it is that he is doing despite in, in spite of so much hard Thank you so much mm-hmm. for allowing us to enter into that space with mm-hmm. you. That is so powerful. Well, and to come into 
have yourself recorded and <laughs> and know that um, so many people are hearing this and to not hold back from tears because I know I mean I, I never like it when I start crying <laughs> and, and feel like I can't stop in front of people or to not you have a victorious testimony mm-hmm. that includes tears and questioning and we need to hear the combination of both things yes um so that someone who is in tears um doesn't think that victory has to exist outside of it um and what that looks like in the middle you know casey one of the the themes that has come through all of joshua and we see here and i know we referenced it at the beginning was the rest that comes when the promises are fulfilled and you've mentioned to me before that you're sort of in this strange in-between time and in a way the people of joshua the it um, the Israelites, they had rest, but it wasn't eternal rest yet. They weren't yes. going to have it forever. And we know a different type of rest now in Christ. And we know that that is an eternal rest, but we haven't moved into it as fully as we eventually will. And you've said in your testimony before that when you first found out your diagnosis, it was so severe that you didn't think that there would be a lot of time in between, that there would either right. be healing or that you would die. Yes. And those are two really mm-hmm. huge places to be. And yet you found yourself for four years in the middle yes. with rest, but not complete rest. And the knowledge that what you have now can in some ways be taken away. Yes. And yet you're living in it in the moment and appreciating it. What about the Lord allows you to be in that in-between place? What has he shown about himself to you and the rest that he's given, but isn't yet fully accomplished. Yes. Wow. Finding myself in, in this place where you assume, you know, that you're either going to be cured or you're going to die, but then you find yourself in this gray area of living, of living this out. And for years, and, and there's one aspect where I feel like it's such a gift, you know, every day I'm thankful, but then there's this other thing that part of me that struggles mm-hmm. with, um, well, what's my purpose now, Lord. But, but just knowing that I have come to the end of myself, that, that my full reliance, I can no longer rely on myself like I did before and just skate through that it, it is complete and utter reliance and surrender to the Lord and then only he can do it. And, and it's peace that only comes, that only comes through him. And it it really, it, it's such an incredible rest. Even when I'm, even when I'm sick and I I'm on the bathroom floor and I cannot, I can't get up. I'm so sick, but just the rest and knowing that God has me, that he's sovereign and that he's faithful Mm -hmm. and that not one thing that he has ever promised me or ever said has, has failed. He Mm -hmm. has never failed. Mm -hmm. And it may look different than I thought it would when I was younger and when I gave my life to the Lord. But one promise that he did, he does give us is that there will be tribulation, but Mm -hmm. he's overcome the world. Mm -hmm. And I know that I can rest in, in that, in that promise and knowing that, that he has overcome the world and that life is but a vapor and Mm -hmm. it's all about him. It's not about me. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Not one of his good promises. We get reminded, um, Paul's 
they all come to pass. You mentioned uh, Joshua 1-9. Uh, that's a favorite of mine. It is uh, on a painting in my office that follows me from office to office. <laughs> I, love I, that. I love that. So that is your name verse. Yes. Said you're, to be strong and courageous. And we all need to be reminded that uh, to be strong and courageous. Mm-hmm. So I love that 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 theme continues in our passage for today because we Israel is being reminded, well, they're being actually commended for being courageous. They've not forsaken their brothers. They've um, done the things that the Lord has commanded them to do and taken care of each other and entering into rest together. And so they've been courageous in following the Lord. And then they're given another command after that. He says, Joshua tells them, cling to the Lord and to serve him with all of their hearts and with all of their soul. How does that, uh, just in the season of life that you're in, how does that land on you to cling to the Lord and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul? Yes. Wow. It definitely doesn't look like what, what I thought it would. Yeah. Um, but it's clinging to the Lord it's so easy when you come, when you face your own mortality to realize that all you can do is cling. I mean, I just, as you were just saying that just yeah. now, I I saw this picture in my mind of a boat and I was in a boat and, and the boat capsized and I'm grabbing, holding, clinging mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. this, um, to the side of a bridge, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like it's in those times of, of trial and tribulation and, and desperation where you completely mm-hmm. surrender to the Lord and, um, and cling to him. And so clinging to him, um, I don't have another alternative. Yes. So, so it just, to me, that is through prayer, through the word, just affirmations through, um, through hearing the testimonies of other people, yeah. um, to, to build up my faith and, and encourage me so that I can then therefore pour out. Right. Because again, it's not about me. Um, but I am in a time right now, in all honesty, struggling with, with that last, you know, the second part of that, how, how do I, how do I serve him? How do I, how do I serve and do this, you know, with, with all my heart, because my heart is in it, but physically I'm unable to do the things that I, I yeah. could do before. Mm-hmm. I can't serve in the capacity that I used to be able to serve. So it's just, just basically humbling myself and, and saying, Lord, use me and, and show me and then opening myself to, to the Holy spirit and saying, you know, Holy spirit, show me, show me these opportunities and, and use me, Lord. Again, I I think I said in my testimony about saying, Lord, just my daily prayer is just never let it be said of me that I withheld anything from you. And so, um, I'm just prayerfully, you know, seeking his face and, and saying, Lord, you know, use me, help me to serve you and show me what that looks like in this, this season of this gray area. Yeah. What a beautiful picture of clinging. I'm, I'm reminded of the psalmist, one of my favorite passages, um, Psalm 63 and eight. I hope I'm not butchering the reference, but where the psalmist says, my soul clings to you. Yes. And your right hand upholds me. There's that mutuality yeah. that he's holding us up and uh, we're clinging to him, but he's not letting mm-hmm. us fall. Yes. And your life has depicted that and you are depicting that so beautifully before us. And so thank you for allowing us to 
hear how you're clinging. Mm. I appreciate oh, thank it. You. Thank it's you. all the Lord. Trust me. And you, and you bring that water illustration. In. I mean, you mm. talked about the boat. Mm-hmm. You said Psalm 63. And I was thinking in my mind, we've talked about this illustration before, but from Gentle and Lowly with Dane Ortland when he talks about the father yes. and the son. Yes, yes. Walking into the pool and the son is clinging to the father's yes. hand, mm. but it's the strength of the father's hand yes. that's keeping the son close. Yes. And you can just see that so beautifully in your testimony. Mm. And I, and I was thinking about how you said it would be such a struggle to think, how am I to serve you? Um, because we do tend to think that service is action um, right. and action that can be seen and maybe checked off a list or whatever. But I was thinking of, you know, what's man's primary purpose? It's mm-hmm. to glorify God, yes. which you have done abundantly today, and to enjoy him forever. Yes. And that is the service that we offer to the Lord and to think of the ways that he's allowing you to do that. It amazes me, honestly, that you could find yourself on the bathroom floor having a hard time getting up and yet be asking the Lord, what can I do in service? Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's not a work of uh, the spirit Mm -hmm. in in your life and such a testimony to how good he is, um, if you didn't know him to be that good, uh, you wouldn't have that desire. And so it's a really sweet thing. With that beautiful note of encouragement, ladies, thank you. Um, We hope you will join us again next week. Let us keep you company while you look at the fall leaves or maybe as you go for a walk. um, If you want to see the pretty faces of our guests, and it's our one guest today, it's Casey Larson. Maybe we'll we'll stick uh, the two twins up there, too, from Mary Battle. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, since Mary didn't make it, maybe we'll just stick the twins up there. But... Check us out on the Women's Bible Study Facebook page, FPCA. Find us on Instagram at First Pres Augusta Women. Hope you'll listen in. Sometimes a light surprises the Christian wife she sees. It is the Lord who rises with healing in his wings. When comforts are declining, He grants the soul again. A season of pure shining to cheer.